At Alina Health, we care about your health and wellness. Learn how Alina Health provides care that can benefit you in this edition of The Wellcast. Now here's your host, Melanie Cole. A diagnosis of ADHD can be difficult, not only for the child diagnosed, but also for the parents who need to learn how to manage this condition. There are many side effects identified with the various medications that are typically prescribed to treat ADHD, and that can even add a little bit more stress and additional issues to an already stressful situation. Are there some alternative ways to cope with this? My guest today is Dr. Sarah Paper. She's a board-certified psychologist with professional interests in children, adolescents, and ADHD at Alina Health. Welcome to the show. Dr. Paper, tell us a little bit about how is ADHD diagnosed? Because sometimes that seems to be the sticking point, is actually making that diagnosis. Right. Um ADHD is diagnosed, it can be diagnosed by a primary care physician, the child's pediatrician, but most often, and especially recently, those doctors have been making referrals for psychologists to assess the child. Um, And that assessment includes a good clinical interview, oftentimes measures for teachers and parents to complete, because we want to make sure that the child is presenting those symptoms at home and at school and even outside of school, you want to see it in multiple settings. Um, And then also sometimes cognitive assessment is done to see if there are learning issues that might be impacting concentration and ruling out other diagnoses like depression and anxiety that can look like ADHD. Sometimes you hear parents say, well, he's just being a kid. What are some red flags? You mentioned that the symptoms have to occur both in school and outside of school, in all the different areas of the child's life. But what are some red flags that might pop up that would say to the parent, no, this is more than just kid energy? I think the most important thing is the teacher feedback because they're dealing with multiple children and they've seen kids over time. And so they're going to be the ones to notice impairment. And impairment is the most important part of recognizing ADHD versus an active child versus just your typical daydreamer. And all of us have qualities of different diagnoses. You know, some of us might wander off in our mind or tend to have more energy than others. But when it causes functional impairment, that's when we start looking at a disorder. So teachers can notice this kid is daydreaming more than other kids. And the daydreaming is affecting his or her learning, his or her relationships, behaviors. The hyperactivity is causing problems in the classroom, problems on the playground. And so oftentimes I ask if the kid's in trouble, um, if they even have difficulty at home sitting still for a meal and um, watching movies or reading books, because some parents don't have a good sense of or they haven't been around enough kids to know what normal kid activity even is. Their kid feels active to them, but that might be typical energy or manageable energy. So we hear about so many of the medications on the market. When Mm -hmm. a child is actually then diagnosed with ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, what do you do first? Do you start with behavioral therapy? Do you start with medications? What is sort of the first line of defense? What I do is first talk with the parent and the child present. I think that's an important um, component of it is to make sure that the child is included in the discussion so that they don't feel as if something is terribly wrong with them or 
something that they should be ashamed of. I like to have a nice open conversation. And I really feel it's up to the parents to make that decision. And I give them information on the different options. But you want the parents to buy into it, believe in it, trust in it. You want the kid to have some input if they're old enough about what they think would be helpful. And I talk to them about school accommodations that can be helpful versus medication, both things happening at the same time. Looking at therapy as far as teaching skills to manage their distractibility, manage their hyperactivity, focus on what they're doing, taking breaks um, often so that they don't fatigue because it does take more energy for them to concentrate. Medication does tend to be the first line of treatment, but it's not the only line of treatment. So tell us about some of the other lines of treatment, behavioral therapy. How does that work with a hyperactive child who is easily distracted or gets in trouble at school? How does this therapy help them to control those emotions that can sometimes, you know, get them to do things that they otherwise would be able to control? There's skills that we teach in the in the office that can they can then practice and then use in the classroom, ways to do things that come maybe more naturally for other kids. So some things I've done is teach kids to sit on their hands during circle time or find ways to fiddle with their shoes, get their energy contained in as small as possible so that they can release it but not draw attention to themselves, not get in trouble. Talk to them about fidgets. Sometimes they bring gum to school so that they can chew on it and get that sensory input into their body. Do things like playing games even at home or encourage the parents to play with them. Things like red light, green light, mother may I, um, games where they have to freeze and be a statue. Sometimes I've done things where I have the kid maybe hold like a, a bat or a ball and then have them wait, 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 and then tell them to go so that they're working on that impulse control. So having or having them do things and then stop doing things and then try not to do things even when they want to so that they can build up that ability and then talk to them and teach them about how to apply that into the classroom. Another game some therapists use is called pop and stop, where they fill the room with bubbles, and the kid has to pop them for a certain amount of time and then stop while there's still bubbles that they want to pop, because that's a hard thing, as silly as it sounds, but for kids with ADHD, wanting to do something and stopping themselves from doing it is quite difficult. So that plays out in the classroom, like saying things or poking their friend or tapping their pencil or, you know, making jokes. Well, those impulse control issues that children tend to have that have ADHD, how long in these kinds of therapy does it should it take to start seeing results, maybe hearing some positive feedback from the teachers at school or caregivers or any of those? How long should this take to start seeing some of those results? It depends on the severity of the ADHD and the other environmental issues, social issues, some of it can be quite challenging. Oftentimes the kids do well in the office and then have trouble translating that out into a more stimulating environment like home and school. Other times I've seen kids initially show, you know, pretty early on show a great deal of progress, but then they're not able to sustain it for very long. They run, almost like they run out of steam or um, it takes so much effort that they can't maintain it. And over time, they make progress, but then they develop and they have new challenges that they face with each grade. It's a persistent disorder that's going to affect them for quite a while, most of their life. Some people do tend to grow out of it, but a good percentage of people continue to have symptoms well into adulthood. 
How important do you find, Dr. Paper, sleep and diet to be in managing ADHD? The research on that is questionable. There's some people who say it works really well. Um, There's some theories out there that are being researched right now related to sugar sensitivity in that some kids seem to be more sensitive to sugar, some kids seem to be more sensitive to additives, and other kids that's not what's contributing to their symptoms at all. And so parents can are often encouraged to explore those things if that's something that they feel that they can do. There's issues with resources there, too. Not There are a lot of parents who aren't able to provide that or even themselves have ADHD and can't manage um, that type of diet and that type of structure in their day and then financial limitations. So I think if parents are willing and able to try that, it's something that is worth trying, and some kids seem to benefit, but there are, there's a good percentage of kids who that doesn't seem to help. And what about sleep? Sleep is very important. There have been some kids who have come in for ADHD assessments, and I've just um, worked with them on sleep and said, once you're sleeping, come back if you're still having symptoms because kids can't concentrate, adults can't concentrate if their brain's not well-rested. And so that can affect your executive functioning, the parts of your brain that are struggling with ADHD. It can look that way. Think about when you haven't had enough sleep the next day, how you, how well you concentrate or how well you self-regulate. And so I think that's the first thing to look at if that hasn't been addressed yet by the pediatrician is how to improve the sleep so that we can see their brain at its maximum potential and then decide how much impairment is there. In just the last minute, Dr. Paper, give mm-hmm. your best advice to frustrated parents listening about ADHD and managing it, yes, with medications, but sometimes without man- medications and the behavioral therapy that's involved. Your best advice, please. I think the most important advice is to remember that your kid is not doing this on purpose. This is not their fault, and they don't want to be acting this way. They don't want to have these problems either. And to be patient and compassionate and validating and to talk to a professional if you're really feeling frustrated. Kids with ADHD are often experienced adults as being frustrated with them, annoyed with them, and that can really damage a child's self-esteem and create additional problems in addition to the ADHD. Thank you for such good advice. You're listening to The Wellcast with Alina Health. For more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.